Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics. This week, we welcome Ben Kuma to the playground for a chat about all things nutrition related. Ben's got a ton of experience in the industry. He's a public speaker and author. He's written his own courses. He's been in the podcast game for a long time. So there's this wealth of information that he shares with us. We get into a little bit of philosophy around nutrition and eating habits, and we also look at some practical takeaways. And one of them is about all about kombucha, and that's why Jacko is not the intro because he's away fermenting and brewing something. But sit back, listen, guys. If you've got some kombucha, grab it, and if you want to know what that's all about, listen on, and it all gets explained. So here is Ben Kuma on the School of Calisthenics playground session. <laughs> So Ben, welcome to the podcast. Um, if you could just kick things off for us by, um, for perhaps the one person listening to this or that two. doesn't know, doesn't know, <laughs> I just think there's one, for the one guy, his, his name's John, he doesn't know who you are, um, just give us a little bit of uh, background into into your uh, yourself, your, your fitness journey and your sort of business journey. So I spend my days largely talking about nutrition. I am a strength and conditioning coach, masseuse, trainer, all that kind of stuff. But nutrition always caught my eye uh, and my heart from an early age. I was obese and suffered with many health issues. And it was the nutrition that really made the difference. That's what, for me, unlocked my potential, both from a body composition and a performance point of view, but also... Uh, a life and productivity point of view. You know, I think uh, concentration, being able to get a lot out of your mind is important in the modern world and nutrition and lifestyle habits is absolutely fundamental to that. So when I kind of had my big change, I trained um, as a personal trainer, worked one-to-one for many years with clients and then kind of saw the movement into the online world, felt my voice could always be a bit bigger and I could reach more people. And then I took my business into the online space, started doing online coaching in terms of nutrition. And since then, we've moved into uh, training nutritionists. Um, So we train uh, people through uh, the BTN Academy to be nutrition coaches. We have a supplement line called Awesome Supplements. And then uh, I continue to have a big mouth on my own podcast, Ben Coomber Radio, uh, as well as putting up the odd uh, topless selfie. (laughs) <laughs> how long um cause i remember listening to ben mccuma radio a long long time ago how long when did you start ben mccuma radio i think it's nearly six years now yeah how many episodes have you done 388 i think that's impressive good. That's, that's more games of rugby i've played wow yeah wow. yeah so one thing you touched on ben which i think is uh <laughs> something really sort of um close to our hearts in terms of how we see training lifestyle and nutrition kind of fitting in as a a complete package is how um, nutrition is partly or has a big impact on on health and performance not 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 just as as a focus of maybe aesthetics or performance but actually on productivity how you go about your day-to-day life business and and career and and whatever else it is um just touch a little bit on that for us on on, jack and i talk about this quite a bit but what is the difference in terms of nutrition when it comes to health versus nutrition for aesthetics or performance because i think there's people tend to take different strategies our background of training athletes is we, we think about performance outcome which will be slightly different as if we were looking for a purely health-based approach to nutrition and the same sort of spectrum exists in training like do you want to train for performance or do you want to train for health and well-being have you got any thoughts around how those sorts of things sit together and, and complement or, or different or different yeah i think part of our problem is potentially 
how we've packaged things in the past as healthcare practitioners and how the media has packaged things. And it's always like, we've always tried to isolate factors and associate them to outcomes. So if you do this, you get this outcome. If you take this, this happens. And while that might be true to a degree, the human body is a complex beast and everything over time needs to be playing like an orchestra. So, you know, for you to get great body composition outcome, you're going to need 80% of the same stuff that you're going to need for optimal performance outcome and 80% of the same stuff for optimal cognitive outcome and 80% of the same stuff for optimal hormonal outcome. So it's about allowing people to understand how all these things interconnect. And as healthcare practitioners, we've quite often said like, oh, I'm, I specialize in you know, muscle building. And you know, for me, the health picture is so much more than isolated goals. And that's why when I love, you know, when I get up and speak to big audiences of people, I love trying to get people to come back down to earth and say, come on, let's be really honest. What do you want to achieve? Let, you want to achieve it all. Like you want to look awesome, you want to perform awesome, you want to have a great sex life, you want to have a productive career, you want to smash all your goals, you want to travel the world, you want to do all of it. So let's stop isolating all of this stuff and let's build from the ground up and let's look at your sleep, let's look at your overall nutrition, let's look at all of this stuff and package it up into this awesome human being approach. Yeah, but I mean, do you, and we're totally, um, it's one of the things I like about it, I like that that approach and that holistic approach but you must um get similar to us a lot of questions and a lot of people contacting when they are they're looking very narrow and very particularly when it's very either you know more aesthetics based they're like i want to do this and i want to lose this much weight or i want a six pack and and how do you go about encouraging people that there's a bigger part to play in this picture um and because there's a lot of things out there that are six weeks transformation or a 12 week transformation and something we always try to we think of this whole thing as you know you're talking about life you're talking about the whole the whole thing everything together and it's not a it's not a six or 12 week period it's like we're in it for the long haul um do, do you have do you get a do you have that sort of do you feel that tension sometimes within the sort of fitness space yeah, 100%, all the time, 24-7, seven days a week. And it's because, you know, quite often everyone wants a quicker solution to their problem than um, and the, 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 the answer is going to be. So my approach with coaching is always that I will try and reverse the question back to the person asking it to make them realize that they have the majority of the answers already within them. So if you get a message on Instagram and they're like, oh, um, hey guys, um, you know, I've been trying to do my human flag, but I want to lean down and I want to do this. And you might say to them, well, you know, tell me, tell me what you're doing already. Like, how's your sleep? How's your nutrition? Are you being consistent? Talk to me about the weekend. And then all of a sudden that person goes, well, actually, I haven't been eating very well recently and I haven't done this. And oh, actually, I've been out three weekends on the trot and I've done this. And already that person has taken ownership because they've had to verbalize their problems already to someone else. It's much more effective for me to do that to someone than you saying, oh, well, you know, have you thought about, you know, periodizing this and, yeah. you know, going to bed on time? They haven't actually accepted where they're at and the problems that exist within them and identified that themselves because they've just been told a potential solution 
they already know it. They just haven't connected the dots. So for me, it's about reversing it and making people realize that they have to understand the work that needs to be done to get to the place that they want to do. And then I'm happy to sort of refine things and tip things up and guide them and tweak things. Yeah. So almost like a lot of motivational interviewing type type of coaching. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a difficult one because I think nutrition for me, when, when people talk about it, like I've, as, as a coach, I've always steered away from it. I don't have any qualifications or experience or I haven't studied it in any depth. Um, and I've always steered away from giving advice. But I think nutrition is one of the areas of fitness which has gone through a period of getting extremely confused. Um, there's been a lots of, I think it's been a real kind of hot area for the last sort of five to 10 years, particularly. There's lots of things coming out different ideas different ways of doing things and it almost feels now that it's almost starting to simmer down a little bit to people understanding that it really comes down to some very basic ideas um, and actually the sort of things that you're talking about like getting to bed on on time getting a decent night's sleep they're things that are actually really easy to implement where it's almost like people want to complicate it they want nutrition to be difficult they want to go on a radical diet because it's some way wraps things up into something which is going to be magical when i've completed this whatever it is Whereas actually, and it boils into what we talk about from a physical perspective of just go back to the basics. What is naturally the best way to move? Um, and then the same thing I think applies to what people choose to, to do with their nutritional habits. It's actually pretty simple. Mm. Well, if you were to look at all the different diets that people talk about as optimal, if we were to use a little bit of common sense and say, okay, what's the... The, the, the trend between all of them yeah. what's the common denominator if we looked at paleo nutrition it's probably 60 to 80 percent recommended that you eat plants if you look at the vegan diet it's pretty much 70 80 90 percent plants if you look at the government's eat well plate it's probably about 50 60 percent plants so all of a sudden we can look at our diet uh, our diets and our nutrition and say okay let's take all the confusion out of it but just looking at the the defining factors that are stringing most diets together is my diet at least 60 70 percent plants mm. it's not okay there's some work i can do there all of these diets seem to talk about protein and the importance of it. Okay, am I getting a minimum amount? Am I getting at least one gram per kilogram body weight? And actually, when we start to stand back and strip away all the confusion and look at the stuff that everyone's talking about, we already know that we can probably get about 80% of it right ourselves by just being really realistic. And it's probably exactly the same in the way that you talk about movement. It's like, you know, are you doing the fundamentals? Are you moving? Are you able to do a press up before you can do a bench press? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we only do that if we stand back ourselves and be a little bit critical about the assumptions and the theories that we're already trying to apply. Yeah, no, 100%. And are there any then, you're almost starting to touch on like a couple of, um, my mind was going that way before you even started pulling out those things together. Are there any, are there any other pillars that you sort of like hang your hat on that are those common other common denominators within um, sort of uh, accepted um, healthy ways of, of eating? You know, you talked about um, a percentage of plants. You then talked to, you mentioned a little bit about um, protein and a, a gram per kilo. Are there any other um, things from a nutrition point of view that you, that you, yeah, I say like as a bit of a pillar for you or you hang your hat on because it's not just your thought, it's because it's seen in a lot of other things that are deemed to be a healthy way to go about your nutrition. Yeah. So if we look at 
uh, nutrition scientifically for a second. We yeah. know that calorie intake is important. So whether you track calorie intake daily or weekly or monthly, or you use sort of hand portions to kind of control it, or you use some mechanism to control your food intake, we have to understand that that's important. And if your goal is body composition um, related in terms of you're trying to build muscle, you're trying to lean out, it becomes even more important. And it becomes even more important that you need to be consistent with that. So that's a fundamental pillar. And you can't get away from that. The amount of people that want to try and argue about hormones or specific macronutrient balance, calories are 100% key. And what people don't do enough is they don't drill down into all the things that affect their calorie intake and inadvertently ruin their progress. So it might be that we don't realize, so you might give, I mean, this is a training example, you might give a guy a really hard workout and he gets really freaking sore. And the next day he's like, oh my God, like the gym killed me yesterday, I got so much DOMS. Well, that training effect will make that person walk and move and have the desire to move a lot, lot less the next day. So now we've got a conversation about general energy expenditure. So this guy, as a result of hard training, is now moving a ton less the next day. And that means his calorie balance of what he needs that day is now way off if he eats the same amount. So it's about people drilling down into all these little components that affect calorie intake to make sure that we can keep tweaking our diet in the right way. So we've got overall calorie intake, we've got protein intake and a baseline. We've got a plant nutrition intake. There's obviously um, a need for fats in there. You know, people get their knickers in a twist about what's the ideal macronutrient ratio. Like we need to look at overall calories. We need to look at kind of protein within that. And then I generally try and get people to not overthink the fat and the carb thing. Like if you're carbs are 40 and your fats are 31 day or your fats are 21 day and your carbs are 70 like whatever it is it's, it's not going to make a huge amount of a difference um as long as we're kind of consistent throughout the week and the calorie and the protein thing um is kind of mean or normalized the reason why i say that is nutrition has to be enjoyable and there's you know i don't know about you but for me there'd be nothing worse and getting in for dinner that evening and going oh i've got 30 grams of protein to eat <laughs> yeah. and 40 grams of this and like you know trying to concoct a meal with those kind of numbers for me that's not living mm, yeah. that's being you know bound to a calorie trafficking app so you know if i can get someone to understand food from the perspective that right you know tim this evening you've got to recover well you need about an 800 calorie meal this evening make sure you've got a fistful of protein in there and get the rest from whatever you want from good nourishing foods and and that works and that's simple and it's manageable long term. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to again what I mentioned before about what we talk about. Was just like people ask us what our advice is around diet, what should we get lots of questions and what should we eat? And we give them the honest answer that our our approach to, to food of mine and Jacko's is, is the same, is that just go to if we're gonna get as much single source stuff as possible and, and know where it's come from. Um not nothing massively processed, and neither is a big on sugar, and it's 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 just going back to the raw basics and fundamentals and like you say if you actually if you've got protein and you're cooking vegetables and we've got a large proportion of that then then you're not going to go far wrong and that's one thing i just wanted to touch on because i've sort of been playing around a little bit with with how we me and my wife eat at home now but we probably changed to eating more vegetarian food about maybe a year or so ago so we're probably in two or three veggie meals a week um in the evening um and I love it. Like it's been great. And it's it used to it would, before it would have stressed me out that I haven't got enough protein in it. But I did a um, 
I did a week where I just track my protein intake and you start to look and understand I can't do that long term. I don't want to be bound to a calorie tracking app like you said. But it's it's really been a, a positive um, move forwards. And I know that you've embarked on the challenge this January of eating vegan only for the for the next however well, many days you've got you've got left. But how do, I was just interested because veganism is that the right word veganism? I thought he seemed grumpy. <laughs> it's become very sort of uh, it's become very popular. There's a lot of people sort of um, playing with it. There's a lot of big conversation points around it. What led you to that point? What have you learned so far? And, and what are your sort of expect- expectations about adopting a more plant based diet? And that was a joke from me, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you guys, uh, you know, in your movement, you're always playing, you're always exploring, you're always seeing what the body can do. I'm doing it the same from a nutrition perspective. So, you know, I'm not entering into doing a vegan diet from a fad perspective. I'm not expecting any fat loss magic or anything like that. As a nutritionist, I talk to a lot of vegan people and there's a certain amount of, um, you know, belief structure around the vegan diet. And I essentially want to immerse myself in it. I want to understand it. I want to understand what it's like to try and get 100% of my food from plant-based sources. I want to understand the ethics and the beliefs behind it. I want to understand what it feels like to be on that kind of nutritional protocol. It's like, you know, it's like if you're, you know, um, you guys have been in pro sport, you know, playing a rugby game. Like if, you, if you've never played rugby, it's going to be a bit difficult to really be a great coach for a player. Yeah. You just don't understand what it's about. Mm, like yeah. it's about experiencing it. So I said, look, when was the last time I've done a vegan diet? And it was like, seven years ago i did it for like 10 days hated it moaned about it never went back and i thought well what authority does that give me to speak about this and my true experience of it and you know i'm a week in now and i'm struggling like there's just no word of a lie i'm struggling i'm struggling physically i'm struggling mentally it's taken a lot of time in the kitchen but i have to understand that i have to go through those processes to understand what my clients um, are thinking about because I coach clients that are vegan and stuff. So, it, you know, it's, it's for me, it's just about going all in. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you feel like it's a period of adaptation that you're getting the feelings as you are now as a, as a shift in, in in what you're feeding yourself? And you, do you think you're going to come through it, or is it? Do you think this is what you've got for the next twenty three days? Do you know what? I really don't know. It, it, it's a complete unknown. I like the fact that it's forced me to think radically differently about my nutrition. And that's been a long time coming. You know, most people implement slow and steady changes. And I think that's a good thing. I recommend that for any client. But um, I'm not that type of guy. I can handle an, an awful amount of change. And I've got a large uh, knowledge base of foods. Um, and I'm also surrounded by a lot of people that have a vegan approach to the nutrition. So I'm getting a lot of good advice. I'm getting a lot of good help and that's all good. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, The thing that I'm really, really interested in and the reason I'm interested in is because this is the future. It's like, what is the future of our food? Like, let's be honest, like, can we sustain farming as it is? Mm. Like what new protein sources are coming into the market? Are we able to thrive on different nutrient intakes? Like none of us really know this, but this stuff is changing very rapidly. Like you look at what's being sold on the supermarket shelves now. 
it's evolving very quickly. Mm. So I want to understand it and I want, I kind of want to be in front of it. Yeah, I think that's massive because even if you walk down to the supermarkets, I probably noticed it 12 months ago, but coconut flour or coconut sugar and various different forms of these sorts of products, which would typically have only been found in a health store are now mainstream. So people are starting to think about these these different ways of cooking and, and eating, which I think is a positive because it's, it, I think, like you say, it's moving in that right in that direction. And from my experiences of, of changing the way that I've eaten over the years, it's it's only ever, it's only been a good thing. There's nothing that I regret from what I used to eat like back in the day. I don't know what you think, Jack. Yeah, no. Um, something that may, I'm I'm st- I'm trying to dr- to trying to sort of formulate some ideas from from what um, Ben's been saying with is exploring, he's playing around with his nutrition and the sort of um, we've just we just had a conversation on a podcast about play with in terms of training, but that being. When we talk about play, there's no in our training. There's no reps and sets. We're like we have we're going to play around and explore something. And that idea of um, uh, not eating by numbers when you when you were talking about sort of being stuck to a nap, like just doesn't feel um, just sort of coming back to that doesn't feel right to me for sure. I've 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 tracked some stuff in the past before, and you soon get for me you soon got a pretty good idea. You know, you talked about a fist size. Um, thing uh, of protein intake and you see you soon get an idea of like what's a normal size you know plates are sizes for a specific for, for a particular type of reason you know unless you're going to be um uh, i'm trying to think of who's um Fred Poo- no. <laughs> what's um what's his face <laughs> on, vegan? Um, uh, alan partridge when he comes in with his own with his own plate at the uh <laughs> at the hotel. Right. So, yeah. but like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In terms of like controlling your port, like all those like little simple things that you're talking about to just make it um, sustainable um, is is making it accessible and clear and able for people to follow rather than, I think that's one thing that I want to touch on in, in, a, in a little bit um, later about how do people actually, what things do people find helpful to actually stick to a plan or a way of eating health? We want... You know, for, for me and Tim, it's about all of our stuff, really, uh, from a holistic point of view, like you were saying, Ben, at the start about it's, it's this it's the whole thing. It's life it's everything is about being able to move and be healthy for the long term, for the future as well. And that incorporates nutrition, training, sleep, everything. Um, and on the, in respect of that, the the whole sort of um, eating from you're, you're, you're trying out vegan at the moment, and you touched on um the, having a certain percentage, 60, 70%, whatever it was for um, of, of vegetables across a lot of different things, or plants, sorry, from a lot of different, in a lot of different diets, means that you're immediately eradicating a huge percentage of things that you can have that's processed because you're choosing to have 60, 70% of your stuff from that. It's also going to be much um, higher density, like nutrient dense foods because you're going, you, you're having that and you're starting to put one parameter in place that actually knocks over a load of other parameters that you want to try and stay necessarily away from when we're talking about sort of uh, highly processed foods or uh, calorie dense foods are supposed to be in nutrient dense foods. And um, that for that for me, from what I'm sort of looking in on and having experienced myself is something that is across the board of all those diets you were talking about before and an important part to try and get yourself into. And a lot of, as you said, Ben, a lot of people know these things. What they, what we struggle to do is, is try to implement those things, I think, a lot of the time. And I've, I've found that myself before as well. Like, you know you shouldn't have that thing, 
but you're having it for a, a whole host of other yeah. reasons. Some of that is is actually psychological, and then you're getting into a whole another realm of of a discussion to to try and um, unravel. So I don't want to go like too far off piece, but um, no, but, but I mean that's an amazing talking point. So you know my coaching style. We mm. talked at the beginning yeah. about almost like reversing the problem, and it's like okay, let's say you right now are a bit tired and you want to go and eat some ice cream or chocolate or whatever. Well, let's just sit back and say, well, why are you tired? I'm not saying don't eat the food, yeah. eat the food, enjoy it. But why are you tired? Okay, so there's a, there's a sleep component. There's maybe a work component. There's a stress component. There's maybe a training component. Like maybe you've trained really hard and you didn't eat enough yesterday and all your body's doing today is craving tons of calories. You just didn't feed it enough yesterday. There might be a diet component. Maybe you ate lunch and it was, um, you know, it was maybe quite high carb and you just had a bit of a, a sugar plummet quite quick and your body's just saying, oh, you know, give me something quickly. And uh, it's just about standing back and saying, okay, I accept that there's something going on here and my body's asking me for something, but why is it? So for example, when I crave shit food, it's always because I'm very tired. I just haven't got enough sleep and my body's craving sugar and caffeine. Um, or I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed and I want a distraction. It's not that we as coaches are here to demonize the problem. We just want to fix the problem. So just stand back and start to work at your habits and your routines so that the problem doesn't come up again. Because we can't just always rely on willpower. Oh, I'm tired and I want chocolate. Oh, I need to have the willpower to yeah. resist it. No, it's about solving the root cause of the problem. Yeah, you've talked, that's I think the second time, you talked about taking a step back uh, and whether it's you individually or you as a coach trying to help someone take a step back. Um, and actually that comes down to a bit more self-awareness of actually understanding yourself a bit more, understanding what you, what you, what your nutritional habits are like, what they're good, what, what, what causes them to not be where you want them to be. What's um, the starting that's... point for that, Ben? Is that, is that in terms of taking a step back is if you're working with a client, say we've got somebody who's listening, who wants to improve their, their nutritional habits, um, or what they want to understand more about what they're eating and why they're feeling a certain way throughout the day. How do they start that process? For me, they start by just spending more time on the problem. I think there's a, there's a time problem in our modern environment. Everyone's used to getting very quick answers to their problems. You know, if we've got a problem, we can just type it into Google and potentially get an answer. And if I, I say to most people, I say, right, could you give me an hour of your time at the weekend? Like, could you find an hour? Like, okay, nod the head, brilliant. Okay, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen, and I want you to do, write down all the changes you would make to your diet and the solutions that you have in your power to create right now and start to make a plan for yourself. And that person might sit down and spend a good hour saying, okay, I overeat on crisps. Why is that? Okay, um, because they're in the cupboard and they're there for the kids. Okay, right, let's not buy the crisps. That's mm -hmm. the first solution point. Okay, um, I get bored very easily of the food I eat so I don't get creative enough in the kitchen, but I love chicken. Okay, so now let's look up five or six or seven different chicken recipes. And all of a sudden, by actually just dedicating time to the problem, we're able to find solutions, but we're just not willing often enough to spend the time. And it's like you guys trying to get people to practice their human flag or their frog stand or any of that to develop into a move. You've got to spend time playing yeah. and opening up a joint and developing strength. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing. We've got a nutrition muscle. We've got a lifestyle muscle. You need to spend some time on the problem. And when I sit down with most people, I'm like, you know, 70 to 80% of the answers to your problem. You're just not spending enough time on the problem. Yeah. No, I love it. I think, uh, um, 
I'm glad you went there. You went like you went big. You went like way beyond just talking about a bit of nutrition because it's it's. So, I I just think people, and, and and I mean all of us like, and I'm trying desperately to try and do a bit myself is we don't give ourselves time just in general to reflect and like think. Um, whether that's about your nutrition, something really specific you actually want to try and work on, because we just literally, even if it's you've got 30 seconds whilst you're waiting in the queue at the supermarket, you grab your phone and you go on Facebook or Instagram, and you, the, you don't leave any space in the day at the moment because of uh, modern technology to um, to just actually reflect back on just even just like reflect back on day to day or reflect back on bigger things that you want to try and make a change with. Like you're saying, a lot of us we've got the answers. Um, you know, unless we're trying to do something absolutely obscene with our bodies, we're not going to need like an absolutely crazy solution. The solution is going to be relatively simple. It's understanding it. And then how do you actually put things in place to make it happen? Um, and definitely like encouraging people to just reflect whether they want to reflect on their nutrition or not reflect on just reflect on life. <laughs> it requires a bit of brutal honesty though, doesn't yeah. it? We've had the same thing in the gym. There's a few things that we've worked on over the years. We're like, we've been hiding from the fact that we're not strong enough because the <laughs> ego is kind of like, no, no, it's not that. It's just a skill thing. I just need to do this different exercise. I've got, I went, that one didn't work. I'll try this different exercise and I uh, will see if that, that doesn't work. But then it's come to, I've done some training this year and it's come down to the fact that I've, I've gone right back to basics. It's just simple work because if the reality is I am just not strong enough to do what I want to be able to do. But I ran from that for quite a long time. So that self-awareness, even from, from people who are, who are fortunate enough like us to have had an opportunity to, to build knowledge and experience, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to really sort of crit critique what it is that you're doing and then come out. And that's why I think that the, the benefit of working with someone like such as yourself or a health coach or a, a, a nutrition coach, you sometimes need that external perspective to go, do you know what? You've just got massive plates and you're filling them. <laughs> like Alan get Partridge. smaller plates. Like that's 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 a real <laughs> thing, right? You just got yeah. you've bought massive plates. They're nice, but they're too big. Yeah, Ben said, take have a fist size portion, your fists are too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, part of part of that scenario is creating the, the solution and the solution is great as long as we've got the space, time, capacity and confidence to move past the blocking factor. So, for example, you might try and make some changes in the home, but your partner might be resistant to those changes. But, you know, quite often we need to involve the people around us in those changes. So, Tim, if you if, if it was a, on the flip side and you wanted to cook nor more nutritional vegetarian meals with your wife, you would probably sit down with your wife and say, do you know what? You know, I've been reading a lot about this. I'd really like to make these changes. Are you willing to make these changes with me? Rather than you just going out to the supermarket, buying the food and going, by the way, I'm eating vegetarian tonight. Wait, I'm married and to a South of African, so getting her off meat was a, was a challenge <laughs> in itself. She's been brought up on fillet steak. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was a change you were up for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not one I can afford. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's then, by, it's, it's then about saying, okay, I know the solution, but what's going to be all the things that's going to stop me from doing it? And it might be simple things like, okay, at the moment, I only go shopping every 10 days. I need to go shopping every five days now so I can keep buying fresh food. Yeah. And it, it's just about that two-step process of uh, solution and then blocking factor and then implementing the action. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that, that, that as you're saying, it's something you, you touched on briefly before about making small changes. I think that's been definitely a story of any success that I've had in my nutritional habits of, of not trying to do it all in one go. And that's probably just by the virtue of not knowing all of it. And sort of like you do one thing and then that opens a door to another one. Like, as I said, eating more vegetarian food or we now buy our uh, vegetables from the green grocers. It's just partly I like it. It's a bit more of an enjoyable experience, but we're not bringing a load of plastic home at the same time. You can kind of roughly get an idea that it's come from somewhere local it hasn't been it's seasonal you're eating more seasonally um but trying to do all of that in one go and then uh, whilst identifying the problems and the potential downfalls that you have in is is such a huge thing yeah. do you recommend that people sort of like try and when, once they've taken that step back they, they pick one thing and go after that thing and then nail it and then move on to the next is that the sort of the second stage yeah definitely um you know everyone's got to work out their own pace of doing things we're great at comparing ourselves to people on social media mm. and quite often the people on social media have you know they're a bit more advanced in their journey they've figured some stuff out so you know if it's if it's the right move for you to go to the green grocer this week and just you know buy all your fruit and veg from there and that's a really positive change don't go comparing yourself to me that's done that as well as going to the butchers as well as doing this as well as doing that because you know, either way, you've made positive ground. Mm. And, you know, social media is there for positive and negative influence. And I think people need to uh, just be happy that if we move one step forward this week, that's great. Yeah. Like, and then just make another positive step next week. Simple as that. Don't don't compare yourself to my wife, who's uh. now fermenting kombucha, if I'm even saying it right. Is that right? Uh, you, you nailed it. Yeah, no, it's probably the first thing ever. Dave's wife's on a different level to all of us. <laughs> She eats soy. Fermenting various different <laughs> things and all her. sorts going on. It's exciting. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. it can explode. Mate, kombucha is, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, she just ordered a like a homemade kombucha fermenting well, kit. Come on, like, for those of us that are not in the know, I've seen it on the, on the well, shelves, but I don't uh, actually know what it is. No other than Johnny Wilkinson has uh, been making his own kombucha, which has oh. seemed to be had in Sainsbury's, apparently. Awesome kombucha, Ben. You can have that one. <laughs> Hey, if you actually look on my board, it's actually stuck up as a little picture on my board behind me. Yeah. Is that going to be a trend? It's actually very nice. Ben, tell me what is it? It's basically a fermented drink. Uh, it's got full of, uh, it's full of probiotics. Um, and I think, you know, we talk about probiotics a lot in the health and fitness industry. Um, high dose capsuled forms of probiotics. There seems to be more and more negative press about them. And the kind of consensus now is, is that, Let's try and get as much natural probiotic in our nutrition as possible. So, you know, having a bit of good dairy produce, having some fermented foods like sauerkraut, kombucha, kefir, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and We're then fermenting all that at home, mate. We're fermenting all my fridge. You want to see my fridge? It's disgusting. It looks like Breaking Bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't throw that jar out, Jacko. Save that. Boom. I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. Blow the top off. Put a bung in that. And but it makes... Put some laughing. yeast in there, whatever. Like, but we're like, and we are, it's, but like you, you made a point there that like, how many times are we going to go around in a circle? I don't mean you and us, but just, just generally like going, oh, actually it's probably better if we get it from a natural source. Mm. Like, is that not, do we, can we not get to, but I guess the, the thing is that like pharmaceuticals make loads of money out of putting all these things into a capsule and then saying, here, have it as a capsule. There's not so much money to be made out of, um, well, the difficulty is, getting some of those like so the kombucha the um it's not cheap because it's just not the same mass yeah, sort yeah. of production of it but um yeah the the kefir and the um 
What's the other? Like she's doing like like uh, sauerkraut, sauerkraut for like, a while. That's fermented cabbage. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. But that's kind of hard. What's think. the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic? They're different things. So. Right? Probiotic will like actually start to populate bacteria and prebiotic is almost like a precursor. It's, it's basically like a, it's a food for bacteria to start to grow and proliferate. Yeah. Right. So you need both. But if you eat a lot of high fiber foods, if you eat a lot of plant-based foods, you're yeah. then going to start to get a lot of prebiotics and you're going to start to make your own very well. And our kombucha um, has over 15 million live cultures in Tim. Available from my house. <laughs> <laughs> soon so i just want i really to... do hope you get some people knocking on your phone door. <laughs> well, you, you'll notice i didn't put i didn't actually announce the address i'll put button. it on the end show notes. It's, it's in the, the show, show notes it's in the show notes jackets <laughs> pot round with a vat um, i wanted to touch on i wanted to just touch back on something before because we're talking a lot about once we've no um we might have reflected back and we're starting to understand and then we're trying to put a solution in place and there might be storm when we're trying to figure this thing out that like there's a there's at the point where you're at though in time and we, we've mentioned this recently um that you own regardless of whether it's nutrition trait whatever it is you only know what you know at the current time um and so to put this uh, to bring this to life if tim when you first i didn't know tim at this point but what did breakfast used to look like when you first got with your wife however many years ago what was what did breakfast you talk about is the good old days it was the good days we used to have crunch nut cornflakes <laughs> and a blueberry muffin it's legit wow but yeah. you know, at the time you didn't know no. necessarily like it's just like yeah it's just my cereal and my blueberry muffin yeah and you didn't know that you wanted to make that i was change. before i started my career as a strength and conditioning coach when you then Start to expose yourself to maybe crunching up cornflakes and not the best thing. To I happen. think if you ate that breakfast now, it'd be like the Wicked Witch of the West. You just like poof, disappear. I did, Ben. I did. Um, I actually listened to the first podcast of yours. I listened to it was a while back when you did one with John Kiefer from about car backloading episode. Oh number. yeah, yeah. I tried that for a bit. That's good because then you can eat crunching up cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Train hard at four uh, o'clock in the afternoon. Right, yeah. Eat crunching up. That cornflakes. is actually how I'm getting yeah, shredders. That's, that's how we started our friendship was <laughs> on car backloading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah potentially we've moved on since yes, then yeah let's move on from yeah so just one thing i've seen on your instagram um, ben you post loads of useful content lots of reflections and some of this great content around coaching people so i would definitely recommend uh, that the listeners go and check that out because you do give a huge amount of, of value and also mm. some really useful hacks and, and some things that you do on a daily basis so i've seen recently that you'll often talk about um smoothies and making juices in the morning and just sort of packing a load of good stuff in in a really easy way and i think that's the one thing about like just when you mentioned about the groceries and um like we do the same thing buy meat for a butcher goes to groceries that's actually a little bit inconvenient if you're used to shopping at a supermarket because now you've got to find time to drive to two or three different places and we're all busy and and but if you can start to put a few of these things in place uh, over time but then also you've got some nice little ways of saving time around nutrition like okay how much can how much nutrient dense foods can we get in to keep us performing optimally whether that's in the gym whether that's in at work or whatever it might be um in a very simple way and i know juicing and, and shakes is nothing new but what's your take on, on some of that and have you got any sort of nice little takeaways that i think are real easy quick wins for people yeah so my food intake is very convenient but it is still very healthy. So I don't uh, I don't spend hours in the kitchen. I probably spend about half an hour in the kitchen a day. I try and bulk cook a lot of recipes that are nutrient dense. So if I'm cooking something in the oven, I'll try and do like two big 
trays of roasted vegetables. So then I've got, you know, another two or three meals uh, sitting in the fridge that are nicely seasoned. I like cooking things like stews and soups. We've mentioned uh, smoothies and juices. So, um, you know, I've got a simple green smoothie that's really low calorie and it gets five portions of fruit and vegetables in one meal. Like for me, I'm looking at that and just saying like, you know, I can't get more nutritionally dense for the calories. It's yeah. just, it's just yeah. brilliant. Um, I like cooking curries at home. You know, as soon as you start things cooking, things like curries and pastas and rice dishes, you can just chuck handfuls of spinach in there because it just, you know, wilts down to nothing. Similar to things like kale and stuff. So uh, for me, I, I do focus a lot of my nutrition on nutrition on things that I know that I can get a lot of fruit and vegetables in. Um, I might chop up like three portions of fruit sprinkle a little bit of granola on top a little bit of yogurt um you know just have that as a snack because again I, I really enjoy the taste but i know that i'm getting a lot for the amount of calories i'm going to consume yeah homemade granola no oh how many nutri bullets have you broken <laughs> no mate mine's a uh, uh, cook's hey. professional only 40 quid on amazon and it's still going strong after mm. a couple of years well my wife goes through probably Couple of Nuji bullets a year. Wow! If you're not breaking, <laughs> if you're not breaking Nuji bullets, you ain't smoothing correctly, is what I think. <laughs> well, that's what she tells me. She's. <laughs> I feel a little bit uneasy when I haven't heard like a for a couple of hours. <laughs> Starts to get a bit twitchy. Yeah, it gets used a lot at our house, but it is good. It's very yeah. good, making all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, yes. So before we move on to one last. Uh, I want to find, I'll give you a bit of a heads up. Want, want to know what your favorite meal is in a minute. But um, just on this um, final bit of um, how can we, how, what advice can we give for people around how do they actually action some of these things a little bit more? Because I know a lot of people, the things that we might not like, the, like a six week plan or a 12 week plan, because where does it go after that? But people go to those things because it's, they want a they want some structure and something rigid to like right I'm just going to stick to that and they feel that that's going to help them stick to it whereas um, we find like uh, with our training particularly the sort of community side of uh, how we go about our calisthenics training is is a big part of people supporting each other staying on track helping uh, with solutions that type of thing is do you feel um, whether it's necessarily it might be with emotional support or whatever it is a not just necessarily a coach, but like being part of, I mean, you mentioned it, might if, if your partner, say, is doing the same thing as you, that can be helpful. How much of having someone alongside you or just a community of people within you, how, how big a part does that play, do you think, for people trying to stay on track with their healthy lifestyle? I think it's huge because we are really a product of our environment. So if you go to a job and there's pretty low you know, negative, quite poisonous people in your work environment, you're not going to feel good about your job, you're not going to enjoy your work day. You know, if you're coming home, and you're not, you know, you're not in a great place with your relationship anymore, you know, you're not going to feel supported, you're probably going to feel quite self destructive. Um, and it's the same with, with training, like if you want to, you know, if you want to train for calisthenics, like, where can you find those people, whether they're online or offline, is your gym supportive of that kind of training. So the gym that I go to, it would be all right, but you'd probably want to find another gym. You know, there's no one doing any of that kind of training. So I'd kind of be the only guy on the, on the bit of turf doing that kind of training. So, you know, when I think about building my environment for success, 
you know, my home environment, my bedroom, the food and fridge, you know, the home gym that I've got in my garage, everything's built up for me to be successful. I go to a gym that I enjoy, um, you know, training in twice a week. I think it's really fundamental. And then all my interactions online are with people or following people that inspire me or I get good information from. Like I don't follow anyone that's not serving me positively. If I do, I then unfollow them. So, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, programming and shaping every aspect of your environment, home, work, gym, mobile phone, relationships to allow you to really flourish as a person. Yeah, yeah definitely. Awesome. Just, do you still follow us? Just checking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like things by as much as you are interesting. <laughs> so if the little light pops up, mate, you know, you know, you're doing some good shit. You're doing all right. Yeah. That's what we live for, the likes. Um, I think there's some really interesting um, parallels between what we, how we see movement and calisthenics being about longevity. There comes a point when you've trained to a certain amount of time when actually I'm 38 years old now, looking forward to what I'm going to be like when I'm 68, what I want to be able to do. And I think calisthenics lends itself very well to that because we are designed to move the body that we've, we have. Um, and there comes a point where stacking 150 kilos on your back, it becomes largely not necessary for most people who are looking to live a healthy, fulfilling long life with a body that moves well. And I think that's, there's so much to what you've said around moving towards an approach to nutrition, focusing on, on getting a large amount of percentage intake from plants and nutrient dense foods because all of that sort of stuff research is telling us is good for us longer term and decreasing onset of disease and cardiac um, issues and and cancers and that sort of thing and I've used this example quite a lot and people who've listened to the podcast have heard me say it before but it's it's so relevant and it brings us back to where you started of going all of this is actually about the whole thing of life like it's not just about training or nutrition it's actually about the whole thing and i sat next to a guy training once and we were talking about training and and he came up with the idea or this this phrase that he said of, of why calisthenics is beneficial is talking about injuries and what it's going to do for him when he gets older and still being able to play with his kids and whatever of investing in his physical pension no one's worried about like you're about putting money away in a financial pension. That's just something that you do. But I think that, that what the stuff that you're talking about and some of the conversation that we've had when it comes to nutrition is a, is exactly that. Is we need to be taking action now to make sure that we are investing in our physical pension or our, our well-being pension um, later on in life. And and the positive steps that you're talking about are only going to do that. It just requires some change now because you can't wait until you're 65 and all of a sudden you've got issues. It's too late then. Um, so I think my message there is just yeah. to encourage people to take action on some of this stuff. Yeah, well, they might. You, you can have a whole host of things that you want to do and achieve in life that are that you think aren't related to your health. But the problem is, as soon as your health goes, mm. all those other things go out the window. So it, it's important as the most paramount thing because yeah. without it, everything else goes. You can't you can't do any other thing that you want to try and do. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it is. That's just getting serious. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go last question well I've got two actually for you Ben in terms of what is your favourite meal you've, you've, you've given us a bit of an insight into, into what makes you tick but um, if you're going to put something on a plate last meal death row what are you having <laughs> it is my wife's mum's roast dinner yeah. it's incredible it's a classic the, isn't it just yeah. the mother the, the roast dinner. potatoes are perfect all the trimmings are there the gravy's beautiful I'll pile it up love it <laughs> Yes, perfect. And then the last what, thing, yeah, oh, go on. Yeah, go. yeah. If I'm allowed, yeah, last last thing, then Ben is um, 
with uh, anything you're doing in your train, you know, our, our, um, our sort of slogan or is redefining impossible. Is there anything currently in your own training that is your sort of impossible? He's got to get to the end of January without eating cheese. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you still playing rugby just on that? I'm st- yeah, I'm so still playing rugby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Played a couple of days ago. Um, hips are in bits. Um, redefining my impossible is probably just to keep my body working so that I can keep playing sport uh, and enjoying things. I think, but you know, if I didn't play rugby, I'd be doing a bit more of what you guys said with trying to choose a goal that really pushed me. But, you know, playing sport is a challenge enough week yeah. on week. I'm trying to develop, you know, we're trying to win games. So um, it, it's to keep myself functional. You talk about, you know, your physical pension. I'm trying to look after my, my physical body as much as I can while I also get it beaten up by guys twice my size every weekend. Yeah, fair play. I do not uh, miss getting beaten up by bigger, bigger boys. blokes. <laughs> I mean, I also don't also don't miss rugby. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> Mate, that's been amazing. Thanks so much for the time. Um, so much knowledge there, and I think we, we could probably have delved into a number of those different things, but it was we really wanted to, to draw out some of those take-homes for people so they can, can start going away and thinking about some of the stuff that you've, you've talked about and hopefully implementing some of it to move um, to a more positive place around eating habits and, and just general approach to nutrition. Even if people have got great nutrition, I still think there's always ways. I can now take away from this. My yeah. nutrition is pretty good. It's pretty consistent. I've got to go and get some fermenting done, haven't I? <laughs> That's the next step for me. No, you've just got to knit round Dave's. Yeah. yeah, and but you've got to break a Nutribullet this year. That should be a goal of yours. Yeah, I've got to get the wife on that one. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um, and Ben, we'll uh, we'll put some links in the in the show notes so people can find you easily. But just sort of for the airways as well, where's the where's the best place for people to to find out a bit more about you and check out what you're up to? Yeah, this is a podcast, so I assume people like listening to podcasts that are listening. Uh, my podcast is Ben Coomer Radio. Um, mainly nutrition, mindset, a little bit of training. We've been talking a lot recently about kind of mindset, the changes in government policy around health, kind of debating a lot of these new government initiatives around like energy drinks and obesity and that kind of stuff. Because I think it's a fascinating conversation. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's Ben Coomba all over the internet, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Perfect. All right, so Ben, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, check him out. He's got loads of great information on there and definitely a, a, a great voice and knowledgeable um, source of information that you can trust in the industry. So until next time. Class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. So we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good. Keep it five are the best. Five of your best stars, please. (laughs) And if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. Definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed.